0: They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms.
1: It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clap a high-fiver. I kind of like
2: the high-five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At ChumbaCasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses, so don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18+. Hey, everyone. It's Ted from Consumer Cellular,
1: the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call.
3: Sticky notes,
2: email alerts, a string around your finger—they're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery: tonight's Mega Millions jackpot is over 175 million. Whew. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase. Player fine.
3: Welcome, everybody, to the show. How many people did Deborah Mark mention that died from rock bands in that newscast? That whole newscast is about people I that died. Know.
0: Well, you know, they well, we know about three. Ray
3: Liotta, but who else died?
0: One of the, the it co-founder with... of Depeche Mode. All
3: right, I heard that one.
1: Who and
0: else? drummer in Yes. Oh. Owner oh, of no.
1: Only Hearts. No, really. Be- belt it out.
0: Well, I don't <laughs> sing as well as Ken.
1: <laughs> you guys want to do a duet?
0: Let's do it, Ken.
1: <laughs> no. Depeche Mode. That Not was right. Right. You Spin Me Round and Round, right? No. no. That's Rat. Oh, right. Depeche Mode. They had said. a round and round song, though. You Spin uh, Me Round.
3: Who? When a band that, uh, one of those bands. Oh, I remember Rat did round and round. No, but there's
1: one. You, you spin
0: me, na 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 you na You spin me round. Like a record is by Dead
1: or Alive. Yeah, it's no, Dead or Alive.
0: It's not Depeche mm-hmm. Mode.
3: Depeche Mode had uh, several hits. What were they? Um- <clears throat> anyway. <laughs> I well, love Depeche
0: Mode. mode. I thought one of you were looking I it up. I, I, I am. am. I'm, I'm looking, I'm looking up right it up right now. Oh.
1: I only knew who Ray Liotta was.
3: <laughs> <laughs> that would
1: make sense. You're well, in your 20s. We, we, uh, we were disc jockeys in that era. Yeah, and but this is what barely, happens as you
3: get older. These rock people uh, start to pass away. And you. Personal
0: forg- Jesus. Right. No, 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 no,
3: no. That one. But well, you have an whole album. <laughs> Personal you today. Jesus. Here we go. Dun, 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 dun. Right. Yes. That's right. That I remember now. Right. Uh.
1: I'm trying to see here. People are people. Oh yeah, people, people are, are people, people. So why should it be? That's right. Right, yeah.
0: You and I should get along so awkwardly. There we go.
3: Right, man. Yeah, that was a hit for them. Well, all right. So I, there you go. A lot of those. Bands that was a fun of,
0: newscast, wasn't it? Yeah, it was.
3: Yeah. You're full of, uh, full of death. Um, I just got done watching most of your. I uh, call it yours, the Los Angeles special from Fox 11. Well, oh yeah, I watched about I until, until there's about 20 minutes left, and I had to go because this show was too close to showtime. I recorded it because I wanted to flip through. I knew there'd be commercials. I wanted to flip through them. So they were like all political ads, too. I kept How, seeing Karen Bass's head go
1: by. by every single commercial break was a, a Karen Bass commercial. Actually, an anti-Karen Bass commercial. Caruso is lo- unloading the nuclear uh, weapons on her.
3: Yeah, I, he, wants, he wants to do her now, even before November, <laughs> and, even and though it seems to be it's going
1: to be those too. So is the Police Protective League, too. Some of those they paid for.
3: Oh, they don't want her. Yeah. no. No, I'll, they uh... will be back on the defund question, even though <laughs> <right>. it's not <laughs> hot on people's minds with what's going on. If if you sat through the commercials by
1: the end of the show, there's no way you're voting for Garrett Bass for <laughs> no. anything.
3: Uh, you can see we're getting close to June 7th, so that's why we're going to uh, get inundated. Uh, In fact, we're going to have Sheriff uh, Alex Villanueva on next hour, and he's on your ballot for sheriff if you're an L.A. County voter. He's got eight opponents, and I realized why they did that, and I'm saying they. There's a concerted effort to get him out by the people that actually help get him in. And by putting eight opponents on there, they're hoping he does not get 50% plus one vote right. and win outright. And hope- hopefully with, with eight opponents, he won't be able to reach 50% is the thought.
1: Right. And then all the anti-Villanueva voters coalesce around the second place finisher.
3: That's the theory.
1: Which right? is what happened to Jackie Lacey. She yeah. beat uh, Gascon by a decent margin, but didn't get to 50
3: that's right. And, and in November, she
1: lost. And it, then Gascon and uh, some woman who was even wackier, if you could believe it.
3: Was it a public defender? I don't know. Uh,
1: yeah. And she was really. I mean, if, if Gascon was on Mars, she was on Pluto. and uh, But all her voters joined Gascon, and uh, that was enough to, to defeat Jackie Lacey easily.
3: Yeah. Uh, right, so a lot, uh, there's a lot of crazy people out there, and, and a lot of them are voters. We have the voter guide for you, too, at KFIAM640.com, the John and Ken page. We'll be going to Texas, we hope. Yesterday this didn't work, but we were told, again, this reporter will be there for us at 2.20. But before we do that, the overwhelming headline today, dealing with the mass shooting in Uvalde, Texas... Has really changed significantly, as John and I like to say, wait two or three days. Mm, yeah. All right. And today it's not all about, oh, he was posting to Facebook and we didn't notice this about him and nobody reported him. And no. It it is Shades of Parkland, Florida. And the school shooting that was that took place on Valentine's Day a few years back by Nicholas Cruz. What happened? Why did it take so long to get into the building and neutralize the shooter? To get into the room. We know he ran in and barricaded himself in a classroom. We learned today he just got through an unlocked door. And the other thing they admitted, he was not encountered, at least not with bullets, by a security guard who works at the school. All right, those are two new things. But reporters were pestering officials about why it took an hour, an hour after he entered the school and went to the classroom for them to get in there and uh, and, uh, engage engage him is the word. (laughs) Yeah, it, it turned out they killed him, but at least engage him. An hour! That is kind of hard to believe. How is it, too, then, that every child that was in that classroom did not die, but some of them lived? I get they hid, I know, but I don't know the layout of the classroom, but there's just some things I can't well, he, really understand. He went behind a barricade, and so maybe he ended the shooting
1: in order to try to save himself.
3: Well, that's what they said happened. His shooting became much more sporadic and at times ceased. So they thought... All right, he's not killing anybody right now. Let's figure out how to get in there safely. But they were looking for a key. A key? You've heard that parents and other bystanders outside were screaming at them. If you don't go in there, I will. Did you hear that part? Uh, I, some of them were making a plan. I, I, yeah, I read to that To bypass part. the police and get in there for themselves to rescue the kids. Now, that shouldn't happen. Do they think there was shooting going on during that hour? Or... Well, they could hear, kind of, and they thought the shooting stopped. But right. there's a report that there was sporadic then, gunfire then, still course, happening over that hour.
1: In that hour, meant nobody was saving the wounded kids, and maybe
3: some of those That's exactly kids could have been rescued. Somebody could have lived, maybe. That's yeah. what they said about Florida. What was the delay about? Remember, in Florida it was that chicken uh, school officer yeah.
1: who just kind of stood there? Well, it's, it's hard to say because the story has changed so much now. In the last two days, you don't know what else, what other information is wrong, or the perceptions are wrong. So, uh, but it is, it is like Parkland. It is strange that they were out there for so long, and and not not barging in there,
3: yeah.
1: and just blasting away at them.
3: Uh, the person that was answering most of the questions is the Texas Department of Public Safety regional director, Victor Escalon. Uh, we'll start with cut one. This is about the doors being unlocked. How are we able to get in if it was a school that's supposed to be locked during the school day? So so right now, you know, during the investigation, it appears it was unlocked. So we're going to look at that and try to corroborate that as best as we can.
1: you know why?
3: How many questions you know why was unlocked? I do not. Hey. Please, one at a time, and we'll address as many questions as we can. So let, let me finish this question. One at a time, announce your name and announce your network, okay? Just be respectful, please.
1: My name is Josh Marbeau, and how do you know why it was unlocked?
3: So Josh, you know, thank you for the question. So right now, we it appears it was unlocked. Like I said, it goes back to the investigation. It takes time. Uh, we will find out as much as we can why it was unlocked, or maybe it was locked. But right now, it appears it was unlocked.
1: You know, it's kind of a, a silly question. Why was it unlocked? You have 700 kids going in and out, not to mention uh, dozens of teachers and administrators. You know, you probably have 800 people going in and out. No, no door is going to remain locked. That, that's impossible unless you have an alarm that goes off every time it is unlocked for 30 seconds or more.
3: I think the idea is once school starts, security's supposed to go around and make sure the doors are locked. Do they have security? So some trespasser can't just, can bypass the front office, right? I know. Yes, there was a security guard because that's question number two. You know, in the the real world though, people aren't aren't that... uh, No, they become complacent or they decide, like you just said, maybe for practical reasons, we might be better off to have, you know, a few unlocked doors in case somebody is late or somebody needs to, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you know,
1: we grew up in a time where... No school doors were locked. You could walk in and out of all the schools all the time. There, there was no such thing as locked doors on schools. Oh yeah, I don't schools. remember locked
3: doors. No. no, there was a few fire doors that said the alarm will go off if you go out this door, but a lot of the doors I think were unlocked. Right. All right. You, we, you know we what? Play we, more. Yeah, yeah. No. There's one more thing on this, and
1: this is this is where you know the next day everybody goes, why don't why didn't they do this? Why didn't they do that? Um, and, and, and Charles uh, C.W. Cook in the National Review. And and he put out all the disclaimers that this is not to minimize the tragedy and horror of the situation. But it does explain why the door is unlocked. So the Associated Press has counted 169 school deaths in the last 23 years, which, which is a lot. But he said there's 54 million American children attending school and 4 million new kids enter those schools each year. So, you know, it, the, the shootings are a, an extremely minuscule percentage of the total number of children who but go to school. But they didn't happen.
3: They did I, not no, happen ever before.
1: No, I understand that. But We the, have jumped a big border here. No, I, I know, and I'm not minimizing it. What I'm saying, though, in real life, everybody's going to get complacent because— most 99.99% of schools have never oh, had this yeah, happen. And you're
3: hearing all these stories about how L.A. has got new security procedures. Everybody's on guard. You're right. A few weeks from now, the, yeah. we'll be back to whatever we were doing they, a few weeks ago. It, it's just human nature. Nobody actually perceives a
1: threat in their own town. They do for a few days. Um, you know, It's like if you've ever had uh, like a car accident, right? You're driving very carefully for about a week. And then, you know, soon you're going 82 yeah. miles an hour. Your, your
3: natural style comes back into play. Right? Yeah.
1: So, I mean, because, I mean, we, we would all go insane if we actually were hyper cautious about every possible right. danger. We'd all die of strokes. I mean, you just can't do that. You can't remain on alert. And that includes the police and the security and the administrators.
3: It's just not possible. All right. When we come back, we're expected to go to Texas for an update from ABC News. Johnny Ken KFI. All right, we're going to go now to Texas, uh, San Antonio. ABC News correspondent Dennis Folius here. The big story today was the peppering of officials in Uvalde, Texas, about uh, the timeline between the gunman getting to the school and getting inside the school, and then how long before he was uh, eventually shot to death. So let's get that report.
2: Dennis, welcome. Uh, what's the Hello. latest? Yeah. So yesterday, uh, kind of the big question that kind of got answered was, you know, how long was the time period between the shooting starting and and police taking out the suspect? And yesterday they were saying 40 minutes to an hour. Today, we got some more details on what was going. Was it actually 40 minutes to an hour? Because That sounds like a long time. And it turns out it was. We found out a little bit more about what happened before the suspect got into the school. He crashed the pickup truck, got out, saw witnesses across the street. They were calling police. He shot at them. And then walked toward the school, climbed over a fence, gone to the school property, pulled out the gun, started spraying the building with bullets. At first, we heard that there were campus police officers there that he confronted. Learned today, there were no police officers there. In fact, there were no police officers involved until he was inside and already shooting in the building. So he gets to the building, turns out the back door apparently was unlocked. He goes in. And after that time period, it was four minutes until city police or even school police got to the scene.
3: And then he barricades himself in a classroom, and it seems like another large amount of time goes by. Do we know uh, how much shooting there was during that time? Supposedly the shooting stops and starts again?
2: Yeah, so most of the shooting happened early on and probably those first few minutes, and that's probably when most of, unfortunately, the killing happened. And the police get there, and they try to make entry, and the suspect started shooting at police. And so they had to retreat, take cover to hide from the bullets. And during that time, they're calling for backup. Well, that's where the big delay came in, because it wasn't until an hour later that Border Patrol came in. But once they got there, they made entry and took out the suspect. But that this, this whole issue that we're talking about today is that hour-long period. What were they doing? And we're hearing that they were trying to negotiate with the suspect, but the suspect would just keep shooting back at the officers and it wasn't until border patrol got there to, to basically take out the uh take I out the see. suspect. so the uvalde police department never made a run at them they waited till border patrol pretty much yeah i mean they did try going in but but it was it was um border patrol that that and we've heard that it was a Border Patrol agent that actually killed the suspect. But now we know it was an hour after the shooting had started. And once they got there with their team, they were the ones that went in and um, and took out the suspect.
1: This is a small town, right? I heard 16,000. Is that right?
2: Yeah, 16,000 people. The other thing, too, um, and probably part of the reason for the delay, it's an hour and a half away from San Antonio. And really between San Antonio and Uvalde, it's another smaller town in between, but really, you're an hour and a half away from any major resources that would we'll be able to get there. Now, luckily, Border Patrol is not too far, but still, Border Patrol is, you know, they have a pretty large territory to cover. Yeah, and so I'm, that may have played into the delay but of getting. There's, help.
3: Well, there's one shooter, and every second counts. I, I mean, we understand there were bystanders and parents outside screaming for them to get in there. I, I don't understand this.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it, and even it, some it, of them were asking the, the police officers for their bulletproof vests and their guns. They're like, if you're not going to do it, we're going to do it.
1: Is is it that it was they just didn't have the training or the experience, and they were frozen? I mean, I, I don't, I don't no, know. That, just I see, mean,
3: waiting for all this backup when it probably was one shooter. I, I mean, how many, how many people do you they think they're facing?
2: And there are also all these questions about you know the back door being unlocked, um, no campus police on the property and and keep in mind in texas a lot of school districts have their own police departments for this exact reason so what what went wrong i mean clearly things went wrong um part of the investigation will probably dig into all the exact things that went wrong and or maybe things that went well but not well enough
3: well let me ask you this dennis i mean and i i read yesterday they actually were using an ai program to sort of look at students' social media so that they could uh, identify possible threats of mass shooters. What I'm asking now is, didn't they drill for this? The local police department, anybody, didn't they do any kind of drill about how they're going to handle a mass shooter so that when this happens, they have a plan or is it just human nature and chaos wins out?
2: Yeah, and you would assume, and I don't know for sure whether they have been doing training or not, generally most districts, especially here in Texas, especially after some of the other events, that, you know, like the Santa Fe High School shooting near Houston, um, you know, there's been all these um, renewed pushes to secure schools. So they may have had training, they, they may not have, or this may have been just one of those days where people were a little lax and someone took advantage of that.
3: All right, Dennis, thank you very much for that update.
2: Absolutely. Thank you. All
3: right. Dennis Foley is ABC News for KFI from San Antonio, Texas, where reporters peppered officials there about the timeline of this. And, you know, we learned late yesterday this 60 minute period before they finally shot this guy dead. I just assumed when we were talking about this Tuesday, but really yesterday yesterday that you know everything unfolds in minutes you know he gets there he crashes the car he immediately runs into the school that's hard to stop like i said the unlocked door is wrong but then he just barges into our classroom and 5 minutes later they kick him out of the door and they kill him most of the yeah, time that's what i thought when i heard 60 minutes i just i just stared i said how could that be well what, what, I, you what know are you doing? I,
1: I remember in the parkland case it just seemed like the uh the cop there. Remember, they had a cop. Yeah, that assigned was a school, school.
3: resource officer. But right, he was and, a local police officer who and, was assigned was, to the
1: school. It, and it seemed like this this moment overwhelmed him. He that was, guy froze. Yeah, yeah, he was too scared. Uh, but
3: they brought in all these reinforcements. At some point, you know, you get your body armor and your shields. You get the hell in there. You know, yeah. I mean, if it's true, they waited for a key. <laughs> I don't know if that part, didn't I hear much well, about today? I, I mean, that yesterday. Look, it,
1: it, it's small town. Somebody you, find the you're, key. You're, you're not, look, you go to small towns, you're not going to get the best doctors, right? You're not necessarily going to get the sharpest uh, response from your local police department.
3: Uh, well, it's just know. the way it is. Sometimes I think in L.A. those things are true, too, with uh... How much do we complain about government here? So
1: No, no, I know, but just generally these guys would not have the training and experience to do this. Because how much crime are they dealing with every day? At least you know there are some. Oh and well, L- I realize that real life is overwhelming.
3: You're facing a mass shooter and you've never ever encountered that before, you might have a tendency to freeze up. Right. But you would think somebody in the bunch would say, We just got to. How big we, was the bunch? Because you're talking a town of 16,000. And
1: remember, there were several Well, eventually, the Border Patrol out.
3: people get there. So there was a well, lot.
1: I mean, yeah, because those guys are in, in battle every day. Right. Right.
3: But I, I, I think you have. I get the timeline of when they got there, but certainly well within the hour, because that's when they went in, and the Border Patrol agent is actually the one that shot this guy to death. So. Yeah, well,
1: you know, I, I, I know uh, in my town in Jersey, the guys who ended up become the local police officers were uh, were the D students, uh, you know, fringe football team players, guys who just really weren't capable of doing it and doing anything else. And they were just directing traffic. You know, when I'd go back home, they were directing traffic and cruising around. And believe me, it wasn't SWAT team material. Right. It's, it's tough in small towns to find just to find the talent. Right, because huh. if you're really sharp and good, you're going to go to San Antonio and join a real police department.
3: we got more coming up. John and Ken, KFI. and Well, as uh, Governor Newsom was famously once said, whether you like it or not, the Moistline people are coming back tomorrow. So you could be a part of it by leaving a message with the iHeartRadio app that John mentions every 10 minutes. Uh, there is a little microphone there that you use to talk back to the show. Or you call the toll-free number, 1-877-MOIST86. Sheriff Ian Uweva. We'll be on the show at 3.05. They reached out to us. He wants to come on. I know there's always a lot to talk about. We'll see if there's something on his mind. He was also in your show last night. Yes. He did watch Lost Angeles, and they took City of Angels and turned it into ooh, City of Homeless. That's how they kind of <laughs> fronted the thing with the beginning uh, and the ominous music. I got a little frustrated at the beginning because it was just one person after another, you know, with the usual shock. Oh, I can't believe what's on the streets. Oh, it's just terrible. Oh, it's sad. One person after another. A lot of them were actually Fox 11 reporters. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess they got to see sprinkled that stuff. In there, the sheriff was in there. Yeah. My but... favorite, though, I didn't put out his name. The Skid Row researcher who had a prominent role in the special. Some yes. guy that's his uh, he's like a doctor or something. I I I guess he did a lot
1: of skid row research. I, w- I was I was not familiar with him. I wasn't but either. I'd never seen his name if, if So he, Ted
3: Hayes came back. We had Ted Hayes on the show years uh, yeah, ago. A long time ago, yeah. Yeah, he's an activist. I I had not heard his name in a long time and I saw him in there in the middle. He made a few good points. Uh, but you, you know overall I, it was a balanced special with uh, a lot of people expressing. And then, of course, right in the middle, Garcetti. Oh, I won't take any blame for this. Yeah. You're not going to make me well, blame for
1: this. That, that, that's one of the central issues, is we had a, a, a very bad, lazy, irresponsible mayor for the last nine years. I mean, that's at the core of this. Uh, other mayors would simply not put up with this. They would take action. Y- if you sat through the whole thing, uh, really at the end, you came to the conclusion, this can be dealt with. It's not that complicated. Uh, there's, You just have to have the will to do it. You have to get up in the morning and saying, okay, we're going to do this. We're going to enforce these laws. We're not putting up with this nonsense anymore. Every day, everybody connected has to say, okay, that's it. We're, we're, the example we way was
3: uh, your encampment there at the VA on the west side. Yeah. Uh, well, that was there for a long time, and then in a matter of weeks, they just cleaned it well, all up. in four years— The well, other side will say, those people are still homeless somewhere. Don't think the problem's at, gone. Actually, they what they what were a lot of them were moved
1: inside the VA gates. Yeah, and they set up those They're living in the or... little tiny homes. Well, there's a solution. W- living inside those gates, they're not a problem in, in the downtown Brentwood area anymore. They, they don't cause so they don't any wander
3: problem. out during the day and still like stand I, in front of your bagel store. Or something, I I or?
1: don't know what they do during the day, but they're no it's no longer. <laughs> are an they issue. really
3: getting treatment?
1: Could that be? <laughs> I don't I don't know. That's what the VA ought to be doing. That's our that's an enormous amount of federal tax money. Right. So maybe they are, but the, they're off the street. It's like it's like the the cancerous tumor was cut out, and now life is much freer and safer. In, in the downtown business district. You know, you can sit at the restaurant and not be worried that somebody is going to going to uh, slice your neck while you're having dinner. Uh, and so you can do it. And they, they did it at the Venice Boardwalk. They did it. That's the thing. They did it at Echo Park Lake. And when they did it, it happened quickly, and there was no backlash. There was no consequence other than people could enjoy the park or the boardwalk or the, or the business district again.
3: Well, I think the point is if you keep doing it, Yeah, you're not going to get everybody off the streets, but if they keep getting told they can't stay here, they'll probably make another choice eventually. You know what? They, the theme, though, I heard in this special that always irritates me is that it's not their fault. There was nothing about homeless responsibility. Nothing. There never is. It's always, oh, it's the terrible housing in L.A. Oh, it's the it, cost of housing. It, it's it, economic displacement. It's out of control capitalism. It's list. And then when they talk to the homeless people, it's excuse after excuse you know after excuse. Uh, and
1: and what I couldn't stand, and I think Catherine Barger said this, the county supervisor, and I, a lot of people say this. It's like this silly cliche. The, this could happen to me could happen to anyone anyone oh, in your family it's like that no that would never happen to me no first of all i never took any drugs let's start with that don't take any drugs don't get addicted to anything you have to take it often enough to get addicted don't do that i it's not that complicated don't inject a needle into your arm ever don't snort anything out of a pipe or a straw or however you snort just don't do that you you know you're 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 it's like they say about poverty that if you if you do the following in order uh go to school get a job then get married uh you have a 98 percent chance of not being in poverty and it's true have your kid after the education the job and the marriage then have the kid no very little chance of poverty just do the basics
3: it's not complicated and 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 so that's why I never worried about being homeless. So they spent time on. Uh, well, first they had these graphics. One said that uh, when the homeless were interviewed, fifty nine percent said it was economic hardship that put them on the streets. Oh, yeah, you know, not a lot admitted to any sort of addiction or you know, mental illness.
1: There is nothing more useless than a homeless poll. What it is is <laughs> mental illness, and mentally ill people either don't admit or don't know they're mentally ill. And and drug addicts are notorious liars, and they don't own up to what they're doing either. So it, it's not that they were. Uh, ki- I, I see these people. It's like, well, you know, we had a house, or I had a business, and now you know, I'm suddenly I'm here. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa! You're leaving out 95 percent of the story.
3: Story, yeah. Okay.
1: Really? How about you know your? What
3: steps did you take to try to avoid being here? You we didn't you, hear that part. It's like
1: you lost you lost a job. I mean, we've all lost jobs. We've all been fired. We've all gotten laid off. Okay. My dad got laid off several times while I was a kid. He he applied at another factory. Got another job. That's what you do. There's twice as many jobs as there are uh, unemployed people right now. So no, I kept I kept my yelling at the TV. It's like, "So go get a job." Okay? I mean, I mean, people are Target are making $24 an hour.
3: Yeah, so stop well, that's it. where the, I think the Skid Row expert came in and said, "Once you're on the street in a while, it changes you." Almost like you have some sort of PTSD. Yeah, and you, you know what? You just become and, and, completely dysfunctional. And that
1: gives everybody a so life. you
3: can't just come along and say get a job because there's just, there's just so much screwed up there.
1: And that gives everybody a lifetime excuse, doesn't it? That gives everybody a lifetime excuse. Except they, they had people, experts in this special, that refuted that line of thinking. They had one guy who uh, was homeless for 23 years, and now he's written a book. And he has a business, uh, and and he's a success in life. So there are people who fight their way out of even long term homelessness, and 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 do something productive. But you then, you have to want to do it. You have to go for the rehab. You have to go for the mental health treatment. You have to go and look for work. You have to take a shower in the morning.
3: Then they went through good old uh, measure proposition HHH and all that wasted money and the six seven eight hundred thousand dollar apartments. With all of the special care that goes with it, the, the yeah. built-in oh. treatment, and That's, so uh, you know, the interesting thing I found there, and it was Reverend Bales was there, Andy mm-hmm. Bales, yeah, who, who talked about how you can get all sorts of mobile homes, printed homes for a lot cheaper. So then they put some. Expert on with a suit who said, well, actually, the measure doesn't allow mobile homes. Sorry about that.
1: Then change the measure. Then it was badly written. Maybe it was badly written on purpose so it could reward all the politically connected contractors. Yes. That's what I assume is at the bottom of a lot of this is just corruption. Oh, yes, we're going to pass a law so that our uh, politically connected contractor friends can get $837,000 worth of business for every apartment. They knew that you could get a a tiny home built for $60,000 or a mobile home or a 3D printed home. They know that. They could have put that in the bill. They didn't. Why didn't they? They existed at the time that it passed. They do that on purpose because then their friends can't get rewarded. Their friends were probably lobbying for this bill because they knew it would be billions of dollars of free money. They could take years and years to build a handful of apartments. And then an idiot like Garcetti and Bonin could use that as saying, hey, it's like, you know, we are constructing things now. And it just costs $837,000. And then Andy Bales comes on and goes, no, we can do this for 60000 we can, we, uh, we can have 20 homes for the amount they're spending on one home. It's just lies and corruption. And I'm telling you, uh, Garcetti's tombstone ought to be the phrase lies and corruption. That's his life. That's his political legacy.
3: All right. The L.A. County Sheriff Alex Villanueva is coming our way at 305. John and Ken, KFI. All right. Sheriff Villanueva will be with us. L.A. County Sheriff Alex Villanueva, of course, on your ballot, along with eight opponents to be reelected as L.A. County Sheriff. Uh, he's our pick. He was not our pick in 2018. How do you like that? But this apparently the man that ran and the man that won.
1: Well, (laughs) But I uh... think it's
3: a case of when he took the job, he saw what was out there and decided this is what I have to do when it comes to crime and homelessness. He was in the news this week because of this plan to do something about the problems on the metro system with crime and homeless people and drug use and all that. We can talk to him about all these things. And as I mentioned, he was in the special last night on Los Angeles on Fox 11. And and wasn't he a
1: breath of fresh air amidst all the political and expert gas?
3: Yes. He would say it's the architects of failure. Yeah. Because he's right.
1: We're right. And these political leaders. Oh, there was one woman on last night who's with one of the companies that's building the apartments. And, oh, yes, I saw her. Yeah. Oh, she, yeah, she, she thought it was just wonderful, yeah, the was whole going program. Well, right. And I'm yelling at the TV, of course you think it's wonderful, because you probably are getting paid six figures. So you just love having all this money dumped into your company to build very expensive apartments for a guy who will be crapping on the floor
3: in about six months. So, of course, you think this is the only way to go. Besides uh, Garcetti. And Barger, though, there really wasn't, thankfully, a lot of politicians on the special. We saw people from all sorts of different... No,
1: because they're they're dishonest. I don't know if that was (laughs) by design or they didn't want to get involved. But they control the damn money. That's the problem. I know. I know. But they're they're dishonest. Talking to them, you know, you might as well talk to, uh, you know, your dog. It's not going to make any sense. It's not going to make any difference. They're not there to help. They're not there to make life better for us. And the sooner everyone understands that. That these bozos are not in office to make your life better. And you should get rid of them. I don't know what the uh, connection is that voters have with some of these clowns. Just defies any rational evaluation. Uh,
3: The Times ran another one of its uh, doozies about the homeless. This is about a homeless encampment in San Pedro. That's Joe Buscaino's council district the last days of a homeless encampment in San Pedro. Ruben Vives wrote the story, and mostly he's interviewing the homeless, who, of course, have long stories to tell. I like the way he wrote this, though. Homeless people have long lived in this gritty southern tip of L.A., drawn to its halfway houses, dive bars, and cheap motels. They can hang out in peace on the tree-shaded hillside, taking in the sea breeze and watching the bustle of the nation's busiest port. Why isn't that waxing poetic there? What the hell? What, get what? to work. Get a job. I can sit there all day taking in the uh, the yeah. sea breezes from the hillside. You're, you're sitting in your own waste. Get out of here. With a needle We do dangling. not owe, and this part came up last night in that special, too, about they're part of our community. They are not. That's not how it works. Just because they squat down the street from you doesn't mean you owe them a house. I don't understand this. I don't know how to break through this. Um, I'm really—I mean, just bang my head against the wall. And some of the surveys show you they're from from out of the city. I don't care if they're out, out, of, out of the, the state. City. It doesn't the... matter to me. And even if they grew up in your town, they're homeless now. They're not a part of your community. They have to make themselves a part of your community by being responsible for their lives and managing a way to live. That's it. Yeah. But otherwise, take a hike. I don't care where you go. Out. And, of course, there was a tack in that special last night about the NIMBYs. Everybody wants to do something about the homeless, but when it comes to maybe putting up some homeless homes in their neighborhood, no! Well, yeah, I agree. Yeah, no, yeah, no is right. No is right. And it's going to be no
1: forever because we didn't buy our homes, and we don't pay this enormous uh, tax burden just to have uh, people. Have you
3: put up some structure full of homeless people next door?
1: Yeah. No way. It's never going to happen. And I don't, no. I don't care what names they call you. I, I or, or call us. I don't care. You're not getting that thing built in my neighborhood. I mean, this this is this is insane. All these people have to make better decisions in life and go get jobs and take a shower and go get the uh, the treatment. That's their responsibility, because once you turn 18, it is your responsibility to make it in the world. You have to.
3: So the gist of this story, just to summarize it, because we're out of time, otherwise there's a lot more to poke at, is that, you know, L.A. has that ordinance that they passed last summer, and Joe Buscaino voted for it, but he's got a better one, he thinks. But that's how you can go to the city council and say, here's an area where I want to clear out the homeless, and they vote on it. We know all this, right? So the summation here is... Well, the process seems like a dismal game of musical chairs where for every person who gets shelter, many others return to the streets or move to the next spot only to move again and again. Trying to make the point that this isn't a solution. Just clearing out the homeless from a public area means they're just going to come back in or find another public area to live in. This is not the solution. That's right. The solutions make them responsible for their lives. Finally, once and for all, stop babying them. How many times do I have to scream this? I, the, Stop enabling and babying. You yeah. do not owe anybody anything, but that's what we're finding out from the the activist crowd. They do believe that housing is a right, and everybody in the country should be built a seven hundred thousand dollar apartment, yeah, with services, whatever they need. Yeah, I know that's stupid. Mental it's health, the gym, I don't know. It's
1: impractical. It's an unfair burden oh, on they everyone think they, else. They
3: think the country's wealthy enough. They they they, they, they talk about the Elon Musk's. And, and, you know, the Jeff Bezos people, there's money hey, out there. This can be done. So and that's the communist approach. Yeah, which right. Is basically, nobody has property. The government. No. Runs and
1: anything. then and let, the, and let the government run Amazon and Tesla.
3: That'd be nice. <laughs> All right. Sheriff Alex wave, is our guest next.
1: John and Ken show. And Deborah Mark has the news. KFI AM 640. Hey, Ken. Did you know that gold is the only currency that's held its value since the dawn of money?
3: Well, I did. Thanks to our friends at Legacy Precious Metals, the most trusted name in gold investing.
1: Investing in gold protects you against inflation and gives you a hedge against stock market
3: volatility. Don't leave your retirement to chance. Call Legacy Precious Metals today at 866-691-2173. Or download your free investor's
1: guide now at BuyLegacyGold.com. That's BuyLegacyGold.com.